Welcome back to the Stories from Southwest Virginia podcast. Southwest Virginia is a location as unique as its people, and we pride ourselves on rich cultural heritage, food, music, and the arts. Stories from Southwest Virginia tells the stories of this amazing region that we live in. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Thank you all for joining me today. It seems like uh, it's, it's been a bit since I've got to come visit y'all, but got to see both the breweries in person. Definitely uh, enjoyed my experience at each one. And it seems like y'all have some very unique uh, personality traits to each brewing uh, location. So no matter what you're interested in, both breweries are definitely great places to see. So for everybody listening out there, if you're ever up in Franklin County, uh, what, who we're talking to today is Caleb from Hammer and Forge Brewing and Boone's Mill and Joseph from Chaos Mountain Brewery in Callaway, Virginia. So guys, thank y'all both for coming on. And David, thank you for joining us yet again for this podcast and uh, happy to talk with y'all today. Oh, happy to be here. <clears throat> so Caleb, I guess we'll start with you. So as we're coming into Franklin County, the, the first brewery we're going to encounter there, of course, is yours at Hammer and Forge Brewing. And if you wouldn't mind, just uh, introduce yourself to our viewers and tell us a little bit about how you got started. Uh, well, my name is Caleb Williamson. Uh, the brewery Hammer and Forge in Boone's Mill has been open. Oh, man, COVID messed me up almost five years, <laughs> four years. I, I There's a lost year there, which Joe knows well. <laughs> but uh, oh, yeah. So we opened in early 2017. Um, and we're a small nano brewery. We're only a two barrel system. Um, but we do, you know, live music. We're just picking back up now that COVID is finally letting us have lives again. Um, we bring in food trucks when possible. Um, but we're located right off of 220. And in fact, we're only what, eight and a half miles from Chaos Mountain. So getting from one brewery to the other is pretty, uh, easy to do yeah that's great i know actually when i was in there y'all had it looked like a, a paint and sip going on there's lots of uh easel set up it looked like a really fun thing that involved different types of activities like that yep we do that once a month uh and usually it's just you know a lot of fun people come in sit down paint and have a good time and then we try to do music twice a month um and then we have trivia every week so we, we try to get some activities in there and, you know, have something to do along with trying new and interesting beers. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and talking about the theme with Hammer and Forge, what kind of sparked that? Where'd that idea yeah. come from? Uh, so I've always really kind of been good with my hands. Uh, I was a jet mechanic. I worked on cars when I was a kid and then I went into the oil field. So I've always been like a a rough worker I guess I don't know I did some welding stuff like that so I've always done like industrial type stuff uh working with my hands so hammer forge just kind of flowed naturally from that love it that's that's a great way to incorporate you know your own personality and your your livelihood into your business you can tell that it's just like uh, chaos mountain you guys both are very big passion projects and you you can tell that from walking into <clears throat> both your breweries and, and seeing the environment and, and tasting your crafts uh you can really tell the passion in there and i also noticed that when i was in your brewery that uh there's a lot of tribute to the railroads locally you want to hit on that just a little bit 
Yeah, I've never myself worked for the railroad or anything, but the railroad is definitely a big part of this area, especially Boone's Mill. You know, that's really why Boone's Mill started up because it's a convergence of the the creek and the railroad came through where uh, the mill was literally there. It's no longer there, but, you know, that was the, the reason Boone's Mill existed was because that was the, the town center where they milled the grain, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's, you know, the highway wasn't there back then, but now that's what comes through is the, the highway and the railroad. So, um, you know, we just kind of try to pay tribute to that with, you know, a few decorations, that kind of stuff. But, uh, we, you know, it's still an important part of the area. Yeah. I love that, how you're incorporating like that history and that meaning back into the business because it's kind of like something a recurring theme i've been working on this documentary is how southwest virginia does such a great job at preserving the history and, and keeping you know the past alive through through modern day tradition so uh, it's great that you guys are, are taking the time to do that and i know you mentioned that you're only about about an eight mile or so drive away and and it's a beautiful scenic drive heading out of Boone's Mill up into Callaway, where Joseph, you're located with Chaos Mountain Brewing. So if you wouldn't mind just to kind of introduce yourself to everybody listening and, and talk about how uh, you guys got started in the brewing business. Well, I started um, home brewing in 1996 and um, I have a real passion for Belgian style beers. And um, the building that we're in, I actually manufactured um, beds for people with special needs out of this building. And um, we outgrew it and moved down to Henry and then shortly after that, I sold my interest in the business and I got this building as part of the package. And um, I was too young to retire, too bad at golf. So I figured I might as well do something. And uh, <clears throat> making building a production brewery seemed like a good idea at the time. So that's what we got started with. It's uh, what's originally going to be called Cahase Mountain Brewing because of Cahase Mountain, which we're literally right on but no one knows what it is or where it is. And it's more like chaos anyway. So, and as our catchphrase says, chaos is brewing. Yeah, I love it. I think that's a great way to, to present it out there. And it's definitely a, a unique and catchy name. And, uh, and I, I like how you've found ways to incorporate a lot of uh, quirky trademarks in there. Cause I noticed I was bringing it up to y'all when I was up for your seven year anniversary party a few weeks ago was, uh, you had that big walk-in cooler and you have a picture of Christopher walking on it. I thought that was amazing. And I, I think that's something we can find with a lot of our craft brewers is, is the humor involved and, you know, that they're family environments. And I think that's something a lot of people may not understand out there that uh, and see with our breweries and distilleries is that, you know, unlike a bar, these are a family place to go. You know, when I was up at the, the party a couple of weeks ago, there was there was dogs, people of all ages, and everybody was just having a great time listening to music and drinking the beer and, and even eating the local food. So it, it was definitely a fun experience, and, and I'm glad I got to take a part of that. Yeah, it's, uh, we really missed um, having all the, especially last year, it was pretty brutal. But, I mean, normally we have couches set up with coffee tables, and, you know, all of that had to go away so we could space everything out. And the, the Christopher walk-in cooler is a pretty much a standard restaurant industry joke. So we're kind of uh, Monty Python meets the far side. So it's a reverence for irreverence. About the only thing we really take seriously is our beer. And 
to date, about how many different types of beers can you find on tap on average when somebody was to come into the brewery? Well, generally we have 22 on tap. Um, it ranges everywhere from a Pilsner to or an English blonde all the way up to a Belgian special dark ale. So anything from 4% to 18%. It's a, and it constantly changes because of our pilot system. We use our pilot system to propagate yeast for our, our main brew house. And when we propagate yeast, we brew a, a small batch of beer, usually or somewhere around five barrels. And then we'll use, we'll sell that beer through the tasting room. So we're constantly putting new beers on. That's awesome. So your preference tends to lean more towards the Belgium styles. And Caleb, what, what type of beers or, or brews do you personally like to, to make? Uh, there, I really don't lean in any one direction, uh, which compliments Joe's well, because I don't really make Belgians and he does it really well. So uh, I just kind of go all over the place, you know, IPAs, dark beers, light beers, lagers. You know, it, it, it really, there's no one thing I approach is just kind of whatever strikes my fancy. And we're, you know, like I said, we're a nano brewery. We're much smaller than uh, Chaos Mountain. And we only have 12 taps. And I try to keep it full, but I don't always have all of them running at the same time. But, uh, you know, it's just kind of hit and miss. We do have a couple flagships. Lawless Kolsch is our lightest beer. That's 99.9% .9 of the time always on tap. And then everything else kind of rotates around. Awesome. I like to hear that. Now, I, I know everybody's probably getting tired of hearing about it, but I, I am curious to see because it seems like you both are doing pretty well right now. And I know, especially at the start of the pandemic, it was really tough on breweries and you had to find creative and innovative ways to step forward. And I guess looking at the silver lining of, of 2020, uh, how, how did you have to become creative and innovative uh, to keep swimming above and, and, and to keep your business alive? Well, for me, it, it was a little bit different than the bigger breweries. Like we just kind of hunkered down and luckily we have a really cool landlord. So he worked with us. Uh, we shut down for the whole month of April. Then after that we opened, but on a very limited basis. And our tap room is really small. So with the uh, restrictions on outdoor seating and indoor seating where we couldn't be open indoors, that kind of thing. We have an outdoor seating area, but it's still rather small. Uh, so we're drastically limited for quite a long time in 2020. Uh, but we, you know, we got through. Things are coming back online now that we can, you know, use our indoor seating better than we were allowed to before. Um, so we're looking forward to the future coming back to the way it used to be and getting live music fully up and running you know, and getting back to the way things used to be. That's great. And as far as uh, while we're on the topic, what types of music would one experience there? Is it just a wide range or does it tend to be more towards like the Southwest Virginia uh, heritage music or? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of bluegrass folk type music, but then you can come in and find rock and country, you know, I mean, so um Generally, we don't lean towards the rock music just because our venue's small and that's loud. So if we have that type of music, it's usually at a outdoor event that we would do a couple times a year. Um, so most of the time, yeah, I would say it's probably leaning towards bluegrass and that type of genre, which is common in the region. 
Awesome. And, and Joseph, I guess I'll ask you the same question as far as, was there anything special that you guys did in the brewery to, you know, help survive that rough start of the pandemic? Did you do any type of like delivery system or, or shipping or anything like that? Yeah, actually the, the Virginia ABC was um, very helpful. They, they allowed us to, um, to actually start doing delivery. Um, it was a free permit. You just had to file for it, just fax it in. And I literally got it back within, I think, an hour. Um, we did deliveries in uh, Smith Mountain Lake, Rocky Mount, and Roanoke twice a week to a specific location. And it really helped us a lot. Um, we also were able to keep the brewery open for pickup. And we had a lot of online ordering. So that helped a lot. And we actually had customers who ordered and just didn't come pick up. So, and they bought gift cards online. They just said, you know, go, I'm, I'm placing an order, but don't bother to fill it because I'm not going to come pick it up. I just want to give you money. So that was pretty impressive. As far as music is concerned, we just like Caleb, we really run the gamut. Anything from a, like two guys playing on a Sunday doing bluegrass to a, a five piece rock band on a Saturday night. Um, we even do karaoke twice a month on a Friday. So we kind of rotate Friday, Saturday, and Saturday, Sunday. And um, we, we can literally have all the doors open and, and rock the house with a pretty good sized band. And of course, you got the people who don't want to hear that won't come out that night. But, you know, it, we go back and forth between one style to another. And uh, we've done pretty well with it. We're pretty lucky because our capacity is pretty big. I mean, I actually have a 250 seat seating occupancy inside the building. So when the pandemic first hit and they shut everything down, of course, we were closed, I think, completely for about six weeks, um, maybe two months before they actually allowed us to open up outside. And we were able to just set out some tables and chairs in front of the brewery. And luckily, the weather had finally you know, reached a turning point. We were able to utilize that space. Um, so we literally until just now we've been running, I guess last Friday, we've been running at a 50% occupancy. And um, so it, it does cr cramp the style a little bit, but we were able to work our way through it. They managed to keep all of my employees on and make sure everybody was paid. So it was a long slog. I'm really glad it's over, I hope permanently. And um, we'll see what happens from here. Hopefully it's, uh, it's all uphill from here. Yeah, it's great to hear that both of you know found ways to get through the thing and you had that community support and I think you know that that really shows something as far as a business practice that you both have you know these people coming in to support you especially during these hard times just because you know a love of what y'all got going on and I also commend you on you know having that variety of music and everything um, I know myself I'm, I'm a really big fan of rock style music so I know when I was in Hammer and Forge uh, some of my favorite genres are on there I'm, I'm really kind of partial to like 90s rock I guess, because that's the time that I grew up in. So hearing some of those songs, I'm like, okay, this would be a place I'd like to hang out. So, uh, you know, having that variety out for everybody so you can make sure that uh, you're expansive of your audience is, is great. And I appreciate that. And, you know, thinking back to the early days of craft breweries, you know, at, at first, nobody ever, I, when I was younger in my college days, breweries didn't really exist like they do today. So, I'm talking like 2009 to about 2015. Uh, if you wanted to go out and have a drink, we went to bars. And, and I can tell that the bar scene's a lot different than the brewery scene. And, you know, with, with Chaos, you were one of the pioneers of, of bringing that craft brew scene to the area around what was like 2014 or so. 
What, what yeah. differences do you see now versus when you first got started as far as how that, that beer scene is? Well, it, the whole brewery scene, craft brewery scene has changed uh, a thousand percent in the last seven years, for sure. I mean, we started construction in 2013. Um, I think we were in our number of for our brewery in, this, in Virginia was in the low 40s out of the, the number at the time. So now there's over 200 breweries. Um, they range in size from anything from a one barrel to, you know, hundreds of barrels. And it's the district, a lot of people got in with the, originally with the concept that we're going to be a tasting room and then we're going to make all of our money in distribution. Well, the distribution model has kind of gone, it's kind of gone away, to be honest, because there's so much on the market right now that where we used to be able to place five or six products in any given grocery store, we're lucky now if we can get shelf space for two. So that's basically the way the industry has gone. There's so much to choose from that there, you know, we don't have that edge that we had when we first started. So the, the distribution model is kind of, uh, I guess it's, it's almost becoming a little bit passe. If I was to get into it at this point, I think the best model is actually, it's a destination brewery that's also like a, a party and wedding venue. So if you can find a farm that's got a decent barn on it where you can actually clean it up and, you know, you can host events, that's, that's going to draw more and you make more money off of what you sell on site than what you sell in distribution by a really large margin. So I think that's really the, the best model at this point. Yeah, I would agree with you there. And I know throughout time, we've always been planted in our minds this phrase of never judge a book by its cover. But I think because, you know, there are becoming so many more, uh, there's so much more competition nowadays, you almost have to design a really good cover to grab attention. And that's something I wanted to talk about today was both of y'all's uh, designs and your artwork are spectacular. I really think you know, you separate yourselves from the crowd because of that intensive art design that you've gone into. And uh, Caleb, I guess we'll start talking about some of yours, you know, obviously that the Hammer and Forge makes sense when I'm looking at it, but I also see that there's, you have like this little mountain logo and it looks like you're utilizing some other different rustic style designs. Do you want to talk about kind of the design process you went through and, and why you chose to go those directions that you did? Yeah, um, so, you know, of course, Hammer and Forge, you know, I had to incorporate hammers and fire and that kind of stuff. So I started sketching it and just made it look really horrible. So I handed it off to a friend of mine who's an artist, and she made everything look good because mine looked like a kindergarten uh, scratch pad, you know. But uh, she's really good at taking my ideas and turning them into something actually beautiful. Um, but yeah, we, we don't have a vast amount of artwork, uh, but she came up with like the mountain logo and the brewed local and that kind of stuff that you see on our glassware, stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, we've got our flagship beers we have some artwork for, but because we don't bottle or distribute, uh, we don't have nearly as much artwork as what uh, Chaos Mountain does, but we do have a few things that are, you know, you'll see up on the TV screen or on Untapped, that kind of thing. Yeah, I love it. And as far as, uh, you know, using your, your designs and, and as well as your craft beard itself, uh, what are some of the ways that you go about like marketing your, yourselves as far as uh, 
pushing out your merchandise? Do you use social media or using local word of mouth uh, signage or? For me, it's all word of mouth and a little social media, you know, like uh, we don't, we've done a few small paid advertisement things, but nothing major. So most of it is like really organic word of mouth and, you know, some Facebook and Instagram kind of stuff. Um, but again, we're a really small brewery. So it's really just me and a few people helping me out. I've got two employees besides me. So, you know, we're, we, we try to get things done um, on a very slim model. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think that organic word of mouth is one of the best ways because uh, the people you attract organically, I think are going to be some of your most dedicated and loyal uh, fans and followers and supporters. And at least from what my personal experience, that's what I've learned over the years is that organic growth is always going to be fantastic. And, and Joseph, I know uh, Caleb mentioned you guys have a quite a big variety of artwork and I, I know yours is very visual it stands out it's very colorful would you mind talking about the ideas and the process of how that artwork became well we had names and, and beers picked out when we first got started and um the artwork actually we began with a company called okay yellow out of charlottesville they've done quite a few breweries i think they've really limited their work with breweries at this point but um the only beer we didn't have a we had a name, but we didn't have a beer because my son's best friend, his nickname was Squatch because he's six five and about 350. And um, he kind of grew up at our house on the weekends. And he mentioned to me one Sunday morning that Squatch was a good name for a beer. So I was like, okay, Squatch, Scotch, Scotch Ale. So I asked our brewer at the time if he had a recipe for a Scotch Ale and he did. And he sized it up to a 30 barrel system, brewed it, and we've been making it ever since. It's actually, for distribution, it's our number one selling beer. But our artwork is, like I said, it's kind of the Monty Python meets the far side kind of thing. So we tend to use a lot of humor in our, our artwork. We, um, we're, we're leaning towards more limited release bottlings right now, especially to sell out of the brewery. But we've done beers. One was called, um, how about them apples? And it was actually a picture of Adam and Eve and he was holding an apple in front of her parts and she was holding an apple in front of his parts. So it's kind of a tongue in cheek kind of a thing. <laughs> so we tend to do a lot of that. We actually make a 100% gluten-free beer right now and it's called Glutenless Maximus. And it's actually a skeleton um, centurion. And uh, right now the current one we're brewing is a pale ale and it's 100% gluten-free, but we're going to rotate different beers through that Glutenless Maximus name. And um, we've had a fantastic response for that. We actually have people call us up and ask if it's on and they come from over and out away to get it because it's, it's a gluten-free beer that actually tastes like a beer. So, but our artwork is, is kind of unique. It's, it's the beer, but it's also the brewery. A lot of times you'll see something like originally Sam Adams was all Sam Adams and you kind of had to look at the packaging to see what it was. And then you have like flying um, um, dogfish their, their artwork's very unique and you recognize that. But a lot of what happened in the craft brewing industry was everybody would start making labels and each label looked like it was from a different brewery. So we went at it from the very beginning that we wanted it to be very distinctive as far as the artwork was concerned. So it shows that it's Chaos Mountain Brewing and it's a beer by Chaos Mountain Brewing. So it's got both on the label. 
So, and we've stuck with that and it's worked very well for us. People, it's easy to recognize our product on the shelf. Yeah, very true. And uh, as far as like the ways that you go about marketing, um, what are some of the best ways that you've seen? Are you, are you kind of like Caleb as well, where word of mouth is working really well? Do you push for like those social media campaigns or? Yeah, we use social media quite a bit on our website and then also um, Facebook. Um, I don't really, I post on Facebook, but it's not, I'm not the person who's responsible for it. We have someone who's worked, works our website for us. And then we have our tasting room manager basically does most of the posting on Facebook. Um, in the past, we have done a lot of craft beer festivals. It got to the point where we were doing two or three every weekend, pretty much all the way through November. And um, in all honesty, I know that people might be upset when I say this, but I didn't. The one thing I didn't miss last year was traveling every weekend doing beer festivals. I know that people really enjoy them, but for us, it's basically a matter of um, we're just there to present ourselves and explain our product, but we're not, we don't actually make any money off of it. It's, it's just kind of a, a, an advertising thing for us. So it wasn't unusual for myself or one of my employees or my wife for that matter to travel, you know, three hours one way to do a beer festival and then drive back at the end of the day. And when you're doing that every weekend, it can get pretty brutal. But we found that um, it depends. There's not, a, it, there can be, you can do a ton of them, but I don't know necessarily if it's possible to figure out what the ROI on it is, the return on investment. Um, there are several that I would, that I would really like to see come back, but as far as doing them, you know, two or three every weekend, I don't think we'll ever get back to that point. But, you know, word of mouth works great. I mean, here in Franklin County, the, the locals call us the Callaway Community Center because you can come here on a Thursday or, or Wednesday or Thursday night and all the locals are here and they're, you know, they could be anywhere from their, from 20, from, from little kids with their parents to people in their seventies and eighties. Um, you know, we have people who've been coming here for, you know, seven years now. I have one guy that's actually purchased 94 quarter kegs since we opened. So he's, um, he's tried and true. And his favorite beer is our, our cheeky monkey Belgian blonde. I remember when he first came in and sat down at the bar and he drank that beer. He, he looked at me and he said, I've been looking for this beer my whole life. He says, and you finally brewed it. So sometimes you, you hit on something. Right now, our English blonde, it's made with honey. We call it poolside because it's very light. It's only about four and a half percent alcohol and it's super easy drinking. It's not really bitter. And right now that beer is outselling the next beer by two to one. So you never know what's going to be a big hit. In the winter, we can do really strong dark beers and people love it. And then in the summer, you know, sometimes you can't even give those away. But because we rotate stuff all the time, there's always something new on. When we rotate through um, IPAs, like there's no good going out of style. Um, we have a mango on right now, a blood orange. We actually have um, a new one that's coming up. It's, it's called a, a New World IPA, which is uh, my head brewer is working on right now. Um, we even have a rye IPA on. So there's all kinds of stuff on. And we, because we have so many taps, we can do that many IPAs and, and make the IPA people happy and still offer a wide enough variety so that if you, if you can't find a beer here that you like, you probably should be at a winery because they're all pretty good. And there's something for everybody. Yeah, that's great. I, 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 see, I think of myself as one of those picky drinkers, but for every brewery that I've ever been to, I can at least find one that I'm like, okay, I'm mm -hmm. still, that's my go-to. And I think for you guys, it was, 
I can't remember the name. It was a, a Spanish one, I believe. Starts with oh, Reventador? Uh, yes. Yeah, that. Reventador. Yes. Yeah, it's a Mexican Amberdale. Yeah. And Reventador is, it means troublemaker. Well. So, yeah, that's a very popular beer right now. <laughs> I think, uh, and, and it's, it's crazy, is one of my favorite beers of all time. Uh, about two or three years ago in Marion, Virginia, there's this little brewery that popped up and it was called Headspace. And they had this amazing beer that they infused with coffee. And they used a, a oh. coffee grinders. Uh, I think it was called Dark Hollow Roasters over in Sugar Grove. And they were only open about six months. And so now that, that beer has disappeared forever. So I'm, I'm looking for the next brewery that's going to do a coffee grind. And I know you guys got, is it, is it Red? Is it Rooster? David, you might have to Yeah, two Roosters. Yes, there we go. Two, we have a beer. We have a... It's a coffee stout called Shoot the Rooster. And we actually used the coffee from two roosters, um, Adam Brandon in Roanoke. And um, we brew that generally every fall. It's a really good, really great coffee. It's almost like a cold brew coffee. So it's got a really great flavor to it. We actually brew uh, a coffee IPA too, which was kind of a unique thing. We did a wedding for a couple and we always include making a beer for them in the, the package. And they asked for a coffee IPA and um, our head brewer, Tom, he put it together and came up with the right coffee beans and the right flavor profile. And it was a huge hit. So that's one that is rotated in and out all the time now. That's the problem after seven years is you brew a beer that people really like in a small batch. And then they keep asking for the ones that you made in the past. But then when they come in, they're like, so when are you going to do something new? I said, well, stop asking me to make all the stuff I used to make and I'll make something new. <laughs> yeah, I, I can definitely see that. And, and Caleb, I guess uh, another topic I'd like to bring up is we're going to talk about locally sourced ingredients. Do you guys use anything from like around the Franklin County area to as far as ingredients to create your craft? Um, not grain wise. Uh, we, we, uh, order all our stuff through a distributor who's out of Ohio, um, because we order on a very small quantity. So it's sometimes hard to get what we need from something that's local, but we have used a lot of like local fruits. In fact, we actually made a sour, this has been a while back, uh, but a crab apple sour with some crab apples from a tree right in Boone's mill. Wow. Uh, yeah, and we've done some beers. We did another sour with the uh, blackberry must left over from a local winery. They brought that to us and we used it in one of our sours. Um, you know, so we try to do pieces of it locally, but uh, it's been difficult at our small volume to get every the variety that we need um, from all locally sourced, but I'd love to. Yeah, that's great. I, I think that's interesting. I've, I've never had the, like the, the sour with like the, the fruits involved with it. So that's a, that's a great way to experience something new out there and, and kind of uh, increase my palate's ability to taste new things. And I guess, Joseph, have y'all, do y'all work with any uh, local ingredients as far as creating your brews or? Yeah, there's actually an orchard that's just over the mountain from us. So the Woods family owns it. We've, we get pumpkins from them. We get apples from them. We get honey. We get hops out of Floyd. Um, can't remember the name of the, the hops place. 
they have Mountain View hops out of Floyd. So we get hops from them. Um, the honey we actually get from the Botetot beekeepers. So we generally try to get like a five gallon bucket of honey at a time. Um, we're buying a lot of malt now from a company here in Virginia called Riverbend. And uh, we're actually working towards doing more all Virginia beers. But um, yeah, it's a, it can be a challenge. It's, it's finally reached the point now where you can get the hops and the malt. Whereas when we first got started, the, the quality of the of both was not up to snuff as to where it should be. But of course they were in development at the time, but now the quality of the grain, there's also another one up in um, Charlottesville um, that we, we actually get grain from. But uh, yeah, we try to use as much local ingredients as we can. We tried, we've gotten blackberries, you know, we have people volunteer stuff all the time. And it's interesting to try to do something different. We also work with a local winery called Amrines and um, we get the the muster the leaves from their wine when they rack off and we'll add that in a barrel so we can do a, a, something aged with like a red wine which is great with the Belgian beers we're actually getting ready to get um, quite a few barrels from them that they aged a they're actually whiskey barrels that they aged a petite Verdot in so we're really interested to see what we can do with that so we'll experiment we'll see yeah, and I know as far as when you go out to a brewery, you have a little bit to drink. A lot of times you start to get a little bit hungry. And I know at least at Chaos Mountain, you guys do some food trucks. Caleb, do y'all do the food trucks as well? Or do you have like food options? We do uh, bring food trucks every once in a while. You know, since COVID started, a lot of that is hard to come by. Um, but us being located in Boone's Mill, we also have some local restaurants that are available. And, you know, there's, of course... The subway right across the street so there are a few options here so we don't have a consistent uh, selection of food trucks where you can eat right at the brewery um, but we do have some options that you know we allow people to bring takeout food from wherever so awesome and then uh joseph i know y'all do the food trucks uh, when i was there it was buddy's barbecue and i'm trying to remember the other was you know, i had to refresh my memory uh, rick's wrap it up that's right. Yeah, I actually, uh, I wanted both. So I actually ate at both food trucks that day and both of them were absolutely phenomenal. And I assume you probably work with a lot of local food trucks and just kind of switch things in and out and just kind of keep it changing. Yeah, it's like Caleb said, it's uh, after COVID, some of them actually, a lot of them actually just went out of business, unfortunately. So the, there are some new people coming in right now and the ones, the survivors are you know, it can be a little tough to get trucks even for us. So we generally have a truck here Wednesday through Sunday. So they, but right now it's a, we're pretty well booked all the way through August, but we have some trucks that we're going to add into the list. Um, actually one new truck that just started up in Roanoke called um, Let's Eat. And it turns out that the owner of the truck was actually one of my wife's students at Virginia Western when she taught um, nutrition. So she, we run into that quite a bit. But um, yeah, so they're, they're just coming out. There's another one called, um, I think it's Ken and Jane's and they do burgers and dogs. So they're a new truck. So yeah, we're trying to run, add some new people into the rotation. So it makes it a little bit easier. Is it, everybody is, is in such demand right now that there are literally weekends. Last weekend, we only had a truck here two days, which is really unusual, but Memorial Day weekend and everybody was kind of booked out. So, but yeah, it's getting back to the point where we can pretty much fill the schedule and still add some new trucks in. So, but yeah, we, we run the gamut of everything from tacos to, the, I mean, 
we used to have a, a really great seafood truck. Unfortunately, he opened up a brick and mortar. <laughs> but, but yeah, we run the gamut, anything from barbecue on up. So it's a, people enjoy it. We, we feel that if you're going to serve alcohol, you should be serving food. So That's great. And I guess one of the last big questions I have today is, have you guys ever, or in the future, do you ever plan on doing any collaborations between the two breweries? We have done we collaborations. Have. It's been a little while. It's been a while. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you see another one. <laughs> if you want one of those um, petite Verdot barrels, let me know. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think that's great being able to see it come together because, you know, uh, in, in the world we live in, it, it, there's so much competition to be able to see two different breweries, you know, work together and be, uh, you know, help each other in these collaborative settings is great. And I, you know, I think you both explained it well as one of the reasons it works so well is you brew such different beers. So uh, I've got a friend joining up in the conversation on me here. She's been sleeping and she's decided to get up. So I've been feeding her some treats. Uh, uh, maybe that's something y'all could consider is making some dog safe beers someday. I, I've noticed there's a couple large brewers doing something like that. Even if you just put water in a can and put your beer label on it, that would be great. But uh, is there anything else that y'all would like to say to everybody out there listening today as far as coming to visit or, or what they can expect? I would say, uh, one, we appreciate the business, especially the support throughout COVID. You know, it's times were tough, but without the people who actually showed up and came through, even when things were less than ideal, you know, we, we would not be here without that support. So we appreciate not only the people who come down on a regular basis, but we appreciate those people from out of town who stop by on their way. You know, it, it's, we can make beer, but unless people come and drink it, it, the show doesn't last too long. So uh, we appreciate that. And we're open Thursday, Friday, Saturday right now. Those hours may expand as uh, restrictions are lifted. But again, we do trivia on every Thursday. Uh, we do music every other Friday. And then Saturdays are just kind of hanging out and chill. But we do put all the events on Facebook. So if you're curious about whether we have an event, check there and uh, come see us. Yeah, I agree with uh, Caleb. Um, we definitely appreciate the support from all of our customers last year. Really meant a lot. And uh, hopefully this, uh, we're open Wednesday through Sunday. And um, this coming up pretty quickly that we're going to be announcing some, uh, excuse me, my chair is sinking on me. Uh, there's going to be an announcement pretty quick that we're going to be doing a bit of an expansion. So um, keep your eyes peeled, check out our Facebook page. You'll see who's playing, what's going on. We do a paint night occasionally. And then, um, like I said, we do karaoke twice a month. And then there's usually bands on a Friday or, or Saturday or Sunday. So, but yeah, keep your eyes on the Facebook page. There's, there's going to be some uh, announcements coming out. Good deal. And one of the things I always like to do is leave everybody wanting more. So what I encourage everybody doing listening is to go out and explore these two breweries. And I guess let's try to start a little bit of a contest here and see uh, who the farthest distance traveler is going to be coming to these breweries. So if you're out listening to the podcast, uh, uh, Caleb and Joseph, if y'all want to, if y'all have an idea of who has traveled the farthest to your brewery, we'll put that out there and see somebody listening today can beat that. Y'all know, oh God! Um, for me, I'm only two and a half hours, and I'm sure somebody's already beat that. So, 
Oh yeah. I mean, I've had people from California, we've had people internationally. So that's, that's already yeah. there. Yeah. We just had some, we just had folks in from um, Indiana this last weekend and Georgia, and we've had people internationally also from Germany. I actually had a family stop in one day on a Monday, they were from, traveling from Texas and they're like, well, this is our only chance to see your brewery. So I said, well, I'll open up the door, come on in. And, uh, they tasted a bunch of beers and bought a bunch of merchandise and had a great time. So that's the thing is that we are here Monday through Friday doing production. And if, unless we're bottling or something where we're flat out or something just broken, we have to fix it. I'm always happy to open up the doors, even if we're not open, especially for people to come out to our brewery. It's, it, you don't actually stumble upon our brewery unless you're really lost. <laughs> so we actually had a bear walk past the bear walked past the tasting room window yesterday while we we're eating lunch. So yeah, we're kind of out in the woods, but yeah, if somebody makes the effort to come all the way out here, even if we're not open as the owner, I'll open up the doors. So yeah, come on by. We'll, we've got a big uh, blank whiteboard in the, the brewery on the Christopher walking cooler where you can use a uh, dry erase marker, write whatever you want, as long as it's friend, family friendly. So leave us a note and tell us where you're from. Well, that's great. So anybody listening, be sure to visit these breweries you know, these are family-friendly establishments. You'll have a great time out there. Be sure to check out their merchandise and everything else that they've got involved. You know, uh, if you're traveling through Franklin County or if you're just passing by, be sure you make a stop by both uh, Hammer and Forge Brewing as well as uh, Chaos Mountain Brewing up in Callaway. So, guys, thank you all so much for coming on today. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we send some people out your way to have a good time and enjoy some great craft beers.